A proud member of the Earglue Media family of podcasts. You're listening to Bad Gamers Anonymous, a podcast dedicated to helping gamers not suck. Our two-step programs of suck up and get good will help even the worst of gamers just be bad. We review the latest video game titles, cover the latest news, and discuss issues that affect gamers. Here are your hosts of Bad Gamers Anonymous, Bad Gamer Jason, Bad Gamer Joe, and Bad Gamer Crowley. Get good, scrubs. Welcome to Bad Gamers Anonymous. This is episode 87, a battle royale with cheese. I am your host, Joe. Joining me this week, as always, is Jason. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good. This week, we have a special guest. We are joined by Morgan McFly. Morgan, how's it going? It's going pretty good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for asking. Jason never asked me. <laughs> it's because I don't care. I don't want you to care either. Uh, yeah, well, We're happy to have you. We're glad we're going to do a little Battle Royale talk with you today. And uh, I think you're going to have some interesting stuff to go over with us. I think it'll be fun. I'm uh, excited. Yeah, good. Me too. Uh, Jason, what are you guys doing over at Sadis? Uh, we're still covering Firefly. So uh, this week we are going to release a triple feature. It's going to be episodes 10, 11, and 12. And then there'll be just one more episode that we'll cover on the actual TV series before we head over to Serenity. And then we'll be done with Firefly. That will be the totality of our Firefly coverage. Are you excited? I'm looking forward to uh, stepping into something else that's not Firefly related. We've been covering this for close to two months now. Um, I'm ready to move on. I love Firefly. It's been a great series. Uh, we've we've had a lot of fun doing these episodes, but uh, it's it's been two months immersed in Firefly. So yeah, I think I think we're all ready to move on. Well, they've been a lot of fun to listen to. I've been enjoying it as you go. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you seem to be two on one every episode so that's also kind of fun right yeah. yeah that 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 helps whenever we cover more than one episode per status episode so yeah it's great uh looking forward to seeing what you got left for firefly and what comes up next over at film appraisers we've got our expectation episode out now for john wick which is out now and our reaction episode will be coming this week so look forward to that that'll be fun yeah, looking forward to listening to that episode. I haven't seen John Wick 3 yet. Um, probably see that in the next week, and then I'll hit the reaction episode. But it was it was a blast doing the Avengers episode, so I'm really looking forward to listening to you guys on the John Wick episodes. I have a little, I have a little secret for you guys. You can't, you can't tell Josh. I haven't seen John Wick 3 yet either. So What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find... I'm going to have to find out how to do that, but I'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really busy weekend, but I'm going to make it happen. Morgan, what do you got going on? Well, um, I've been working my butt off, so <laughs> I haven't been doing very much of anything lately. Um, I've been trying to play some Fortnite this week because um, I hadn't been for a while. And I played the John Wick uh, limited time mode, game mode that they have. So uh, I can tell y'all all about that. Um, I don't know if it'll help you out with the movie, Joe, but... <laughs> I I doubt it's too closely related to the movie. But... Right. And you can find you over at Instagram at MorganMcFly23 and uh, Twitch handle is Morgan McFly, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, you got a lot of good stuff going on over there. Thank uh, you. I have not checked out the Twitch channel as frequently as I should, but I have stopped by. <laughs> it's okay. I haven't been dropping by either. I've been very uh, busy with work. Doesn't leave much time for streaming. Um, yeah, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, what have you been playing this week? Playing, as always, some AC Rebellion. I'm still actually playing that game, although I don't do it too much every day. I think once or twice I'll I'll hit it, uh, do my, my daily tapping, and then I'm out of that game. Uh, right now, The Simpsons Tapped Out has a Mother's Day event going on, so I'm hitting that about every four hours so I can keep up with that and get all the characters and goodies that come along with that. And in preparation for next week's show, I've been playing some Rage 2. Yep. Rage 2, that's pretty much all I've played. 
I played some Rage <laughs> 2 and a little bit of this idle game called Coffee Corp because I like those idle games. And uh, I really didn't have, like, like like Morgan, life got in the way this week. I really had almost no time to play. I did not keep my gamer card this week for sure. Uh, so, Oh, are you a filthy casual this week? If you were to ask Crowley, I would totally be a filthy casual this week. I, I managed to squeak out maybe like four hours. But I had I had a good friend, childhood friend of mine's uh, bachelor camping weekend this weekend. So I was out of town for most of my free time. So... I'll get caught up this week. It'll be fine. I promise. Well, you know what Crowley's been playing this week, right? A whole lot of SWOTOR. A whole lot of SWOTOR. You know he stayed up extra late to play SWOTOR the other night? I was on the I was on the channel past 12.30. I mean, in the morning. 12.30 a.m. in the morning. He was <laughs> still up playing SWOTOR with a group of people. <sighs> now, this is a guy who turns into a pumpkin at like 10. And has has spent at least forty hours in the past six months talking crap about Swotor. Absolutely, yeah. his 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 uh, current line on Swotor is it's not that bad of a game. <laughs> give it give it a couple of weeks; it'll be the best game ever. It's coming. Yep, it's coming. So, Morgan, you've been playing anything besides Fortnite a little bit lately, or is that the totality of your gaming for the time being? Well, I have been playing um, GTA Five. Um, and I, I want to do some role playing, role playing on stream, hopefully, um, with some friends of mine. And then I've also been playing, um, stick fight. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of, <laughs> of this game. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't played it, no. but I've heard of it. If you, okay. If you, have you seen YouTube videos of gameplay? Yeah. I think I've seen a little bit of it. It is so hilarious. Like I was dying watching these videos, um, and so I started playing it with some friends and it's just like, it's so fun. It's so stupid. And, um, it's like a, you know, very much a smash, uh, super smash brothers style game. Um, but it's like just these like little stick people that are like all floppy and all over the place. And, um, yeah, it's a good time. Like it's, it's a really uh, chill game to play with friends. It looks and really what's silly. What's the point of it? I mean, are you killing each other, fighting against each like other, like being okay. the last one standing? Yes, it's like Super Smash Brothers, um, and there's platforms, and you pick up guns, and it's just there's different stages. It's so hard to explain. Like anybody listening, just go search Stick Fight on YouTube, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it's hilarious. When when you give examples of games to Jason, you have to pick much older games than Super Smash. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then I, I don't even know. Oh, that was an old joke. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. On to gaming news. We're going to start off with a big one this week. Microsoft and yeah. Sony shaking hands a little bit. Now, it's, yeah, they are. It's not, as, it's not as big as some people are making it out to be, but it is still very big. It's it's pretty big. I mean, these are these are two rivals in the console space and they've got a memorandum of understanding that they're going to start working on uh technologies that that are basically sharing the the work on developing an online gaming platform, an online streaming platform. Yeah. So what this is is them looking at working together on some back-end stuff using Microsoft Azure and their servers for game streaming. What this is not, which is what you have, what I have seen some people say it is, is them put making a single service together. No, I don't think they're going to make a single service together. I think they may use a lot of the back end. Right. Um, this this is the one, same back end, but I think they'll have separate services. Right. This to me, I think this is a direct response to that Stadia announcement. Absolutely. Yeah. They I saw think how Stadia far Stadia scared was. them. Yeah. And especially Sony, because we haven't heard anything from Sony. So I think Sony probably reached out to uh, Microsoft, who's already been developing some of this stuff, and said, hey, we'd like to jump on board because we need to play catch up. Well, I don't think... So Sony has that streaming service already that they bought. They bought Gaikai and pumped it into their servers and relabeled it. So it was just... What is it? It's called PlayStation Now... 
But yeah, that's the PlayStation Now is the streaming service. PlayStation View is the TV thing. Yeah, but so, PlayStation but Now bad. at this point is an also ran. Yeah, it's bad and it needs a lot of updating. And I don't think they thought it was going to be. I don't think they thought streaming was going to be a big deal coming forward. And I don't think they were going to do anything about it. I think they're just going to let Microsoft do that and that be their thing. And I think this uh, Stadia, especially with how hard Google came swinging with that, I think it it shook both of them a little bit. I yeah, I would agree. But I I do think that uh, this um, this is an interesting development. I'd like to see where this goes. Now it's a it's just a, memora- a memorandum of understanding. Nothing's binding on this. They're just kind of exploring options and seeing, right. you know, what they're going to do possibly in the future. Maybe who knows? And and it, and it may all fall through, and m- nothing may come from this. But I mean, this is still a pretty huge announcement, especially. They put out a press release on this, so right. they're the, they're at least taking it seriously with a picture of them shaking hands. So they even got in the same room on this. I think this has possible really big implications. We'll see. I'm also curious about so Microsoft's what Microsoft gets out of this. Sony is getting access to Azure and Microsoft tech, and they're getting joint work together on this backend thing, whatever it could be, if this goes through. But Microsoft is also getting some like image sensor tech and uh, image processing from Sony and some silicone, some chipsets, which I find interesting. I'm not really sure what they're using for, if that would be on the Xbox platform or if they're looking to get that stuff for something else under Microsoft's umbrella. They might be using it to maybe enhance HoloLens or come up with their own VR product because that's that's one of the things that Microsoft lacks right now is a VR product. So they do have an AR product through micro or through HoloLens, but it's still in in very limited production and it's it hasn't been released to the masses yet. So that'd be interesting to me because Microsoft has said, said a couple times that VR isn't anything they're interested in in the future. And that was kind of the first thing I thought of when I started seeing like image sensors and processing. I started thinking of tracking. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what comes of this. I I wonder if maybe they're going to try to integrate that into HoloLens. It would definitely make sense. I could definitely see that. What doesn't make any sense are giant piles of dead horses in Red Dead Online. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This is kind of weird. Yeah. This is a spooky thing they've got going on here. I'm not really sure what's, what's happening there is a lot of talk back and forth of whether or not this is a glitch. There's no comment officially on if these are glitches or if this is some kind of world event or what's going on. But there's wildlife missing all over the place and just giant mass graves of horses. Like giant mass graves. Yeah, I I don't know. Something tells me that this is this is either some kind of really weird world event to kind of launch their coming out of beta. Or yeah. this is something that they have been developing on the back end that may have gone awry and, and created a bug that they're now trying to chase down. I don't know. This is it, it's just odd because this this pile of dead horses, skinned dead horses, is showing up in Valentine and Nobody has an explanation why the the streets of Valentine are becoming deserted. No wildlife in the area. Yeah, it's it's just really odd. Nobody's got an explanation. Uh, Take two hasn't said anything about it. It's just odd. Yeah, it's so odd that I it doesn't feel like a glitch to me. It's so odd that it seems like it's marketing intentional. Yeah, like an intentional marketing leading up to some kind of event that we'll see. It seems like a story event of some sort. It's just too weird. That would be the weirdest glitch I've ever seen. A bunch of skinned horses into one spot. I don't think I've seen anything go quite that strangely. Yeah, I don't play Red Dead, but I definitely think that that's not a coincidence in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And it may. it's definitely generating buzz. I mean, I hadn't thought about Red Dead Online... In months, in fact, I wasn't even I wasn't even aware that it had recently gone out of beta. Um, but now, yeah, I'm all caught up, so it's got me interested again. I haven't gone back into it, but I do think about it once in a while. It was fun when we were playing, even though there was nothing to do. If there's stuff to do, it would be great. Well, they have poker now, so that's something to do. And dead horses. 
And dead horses. Piles of dead Piles horses. Piles of dead horses. <laughs> well, that I think is something that's going to plan. I think the dead horses are a thing that's going to plan. What didn't go to plan is Epic's game store mega sale. Yeah. Epic is just <laughs> having problems with their store kind of nonstop. It's one sort of negative news article after the next. Now, the store is is doing pretty well for the most part. It's just having some speed bumps on the way. And this time they had a huge sale offering $10 off any game over $15 until June 13th. And which, I mean, especially if you're looking at a game that's around $15, $16, $17, that's a really good deal. But they've had developers raise prices and temporarily delist games because of this, which is just strange. I think there's a problem of communication here. Because looking at what the developers who have commented on this are saying is that they were still getting full price and Epic was covering the $10 discount. It was kind of muddled the way some of this happened. This is a growing pain that that Epic has encountered, you know, in growing their their online presence with their store. I I, I do think that there was a a massive communication breakdown between Epic and the developers on this. I don't think they either didn't communicate that they were going to make this sale available to the developers or they didn't communicate it in the correct fashion because I think the developers thought that their cut was being uh, marked down and it w- and Epic wasn't going to be covering this. But uh, from everything that I've read, Epic was actually covering right. the, the, the discount. So the, the developers were still going to get their full cut. So it seemed odd that some of these, you know, fairly large house developers raised their price to uh, cover the discount that, that they would have gotten. Um, and, and some developers actually took their game off of the store entirely, yep. entirely until the sale is over. So I, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. I think this was definitely, definitely a poor communication. And I'm going to say it's probably Epic did not, did not take any of the necessary steps but they haven't been through this yet, right? This is their first big sale. I don't think they've been through this. I don't think they, they took the time to think about how the developers would want to hear about this or what the message needed to be because it does seem a lot like the developers were taken by surprise by how this was going and bailed. They they did update uh, through Twitter, have an update saying that they've changed how pricing is displayed during the sale in order to reflect the publisher's prices accurately and then the discounts added once it's in your cart, so you still get the discount, but it doesn't. It's not showing that the game is cheaper than it actually is. So this, the developer's cut still looks the same at face value. Um, making some steps to try to make it make more sense to both parties, but this does feel like a bad communication error. Epic seems to be um, slightly impulsive with some of the decisions yes. they make, and um, yeah. You know, that could be one person um, at the company, like a higher up, or maybe it's just all of them, um, or at least most of them. Yeah, they, they definitely, the company does seem to be fast and loose with their decisions and implementations of stuff, which... Well, they're going to they're gonna have to change that because yes. they're not going to survive if they continue to be fast and loose with their decisions and they're not bringing developers into that communications loop. And it's not just in the in the sale the store, it's in Epic's development cycles and stuff. They kind of run the same gambit. And I have a couple of questions about that when we get down to the main topic. Um but I think Epic needs to change that approach in more than one way. If they're if they're looking to try to make a big dent here and stick around making this big dent, I think they're going to have to to work on that relationship. Speaking of sticking around, how do you guys feel about crowdfunded games? Um, I must be okay with it because I've crowdfunded several, so... I have not had great luck with it. I think I have only bought into one crowdfunded game that didn't actually happen, and that was not due to the developer. Uh, that was due to... Um, Relic getting auctioned off and the game that I crowdfunded into, the the IP actually got auctioned off and, and Gearbox took that. So 
I've never um, invested any of my money into a crowdfunded game, but um, I don't know. I think it's great if, um, you know, people are serious and are really wanting to provide a great game to the public. Um, I don't see why it's a bad thing. So I see both sides of the of the argument on this one, and it comes from personal experience and from even games that I haven't contributed to but have seen get crowdfunded. You see games that get crowdfunded and they get funded successfully and either don't come out or take two, three years, which is a long time to wait for your money. And you see games like Star Citizen that is crowdfunded constantly and continues to make money hand over fist forever and still hasn't come out not officially i think if the developer handles it responsibly and delivers on their promises there's nothing wrong with it as you know it's you see it kind of early access games are kind of the same idea uh not quite as this but this company fig announced a new crowdfunding option for indie game developers that is open-ended they can continue to take funds pretty much indefinitely and I see this heading down. I don't think any of these indie games are going to get Star Citizen money, but I see this kind of following the Star Citizen uh, model where it's just a constant intake and hopefully the game comes out. Yeah, and full disclosure, so um, I am bought into a few of the titles that that Fig uh, crowdfunds. One of the one of which is one of the first titles that they've ever crowdfunded was was Psychonauts two, and that hasn't released yet. Hopefully, it releases this year. We haven't gotten a firm release date. It's been in development for years and years. But if uh, if anybody knows the history behind um, Double Fine Games, which is where Fig kind of spun off of, of um, they understand that their development cycle is is very long and not very communicative, but that being said, I this this open access crowdfunding model that that they're proposing, we've seen this before, and I think one of the biggest uh, open access crowdfunding models is Star Citizen, which full disclosure I'm also bought into. <laughs> so, it's also not out yet, <laughs> and it's also not out yet, um, but. Star Citizen does have, you know, a playable product. Um, they actually have a couple playable products. Uh, one of which they're they're still continually working on. They're still, I mean, it's playable. There's content. Um, it's I haven't touched it in probably a year and a half, and it's been going on for gosh seven years now. They've been developing that game. Has and, it been that long? I uh, think so. I think, yeah, seven years. And they've got over $250 million, and the release date is, again, pushed to 2020 now. Right, right. And so I think that's the... I think that's the danger of this open access uh, crowdfunding cycle is there's a steady stream of money, and the developer is never going to call that game done. Because there's always going to be more and more that they're going to want to put into the game. There's always going to be these tweaks, these changes that they, I mean, at some point an artist has to say, this is done. Whether, you know, it, it matches their vision, you just have to call it done. Right. And, and the danger to me, the thing that I see about this that bothers me with these open-ended platform is there's no pressure to release the game. They're making enough money not releasing the game. And there are there is playable Star Citizen to a point now, but it is not the game they promised when they started. That no, no, not, what, not yet. What this game is supposed to be has not come out yet. They've got like little playable areas you can get into. But if they can continue to make money hand over fist without ever shipping anything, where's the incentive to push to get the game out? Where's the incentive to, to ship a product if... Like you with the traditional crowdfunding, you get thirty days and then you've got money and you have to get a product out to keep making money. Well, and it and it kind of keeps your scope in check too. I mean, you can't right. you can't shoot for this ultimate game that that satisfies everyone. You have to kind of plan out what type of game you want to create, the assets that you have available, and uh, 
you have to you have to plan out that finish line. You have to you have to determine what what did what defines victory on this game? What defines victory on this development cycle? I don't think uh, an open access crowdfunding thing uh, gives you that onus to produce that that end game. And on something like Star Citizen that has so many backers and has so much money already, once they complete the game, what's it going to look like? I mean, who are they going to bring in at that point? They've pretty much got everybody who's interested in the game invested. There's not a whole lot of dollars left to to bring in for sustaining the servers and, and updates. How are their sales numbers going to look? What's that going to be like? You know, that's it almost seems doomed to fail once they do actually release. Right. Yeah, I think the open-ended thing is a is a it's a tightrope to walk. I think there's a lot of a lot more potential landmines trying to do something like that than with a fixed 30, 60, 90-day timeline kind of crowdfunded product. Speaking of fixing products, uh we've talked a couple of times, I've talked a couple of times about the Elder Scrolls Blades and how much promise that game had and how badly Bethesda missed the mark on it. Uh, back when Crowley was here, he made fun of me intently for playing it. I still have it installed, just like I have The Simpsons Tapped Out installed, and I've played them both exactly the same amount in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that I didn't get a, an invite from you on Simpsons Tapped Out yet. I'll get there. Even after you promised. I had a really busy week, but uh, I'll make it up to you somehow. Uh, you promised that last week. I, I I don't know that I can trust you anymore, Joe. You'll see. Actions speak louder than words. But it looks like looks like Bethesda has come out and it acknowledged the problems with that game, and are promising to fix it. We'll see what it actually looks like when it when it's fixed, if it's fixed. But so that's a game. That game is a super impressive, super ambitious mobile game that would I think. Like I would rather pay money for it and take all of like the timers and coins out and just get to play a Elder Scrolls RPG on my phone. I like Elder Scrolls RPGs. This could be a really fun one if it wasn't so paywally. Yeah, but Bethesda also promised that Fallout seventy six was going to be good, and look what they did there. You're right. You're right, and that's why I am taking this with a grain of salt for sure. I'm waiting to see what happens with it, but. I want it to be true. I want it to be true so bad. Is this game that compelling? It's, you know, it's it's very, it looks great. And it controls really well for a mobile game. And there's story and missions and it has all the little trappings of a full Elder Scrolls RPG that I like, just minus the open world. They took that out of it, which is a lot of the fun. But there's still a lot to this for a mobile game. And I just... I guess what it is, it's not that it's that compelling, is that I see the potential for how cool it could be, and I see them kind of ruin it with a couple of bad decisions, and it disappoints me. Just like everything Bethesda has done in the past six months. Eight yeah, months. that's that's been Bethesda's MO lately, are bad decisions. And maybe that's why I want to see it get fixed, because I want Bethesda to, to fix something and actually fix it. Good luck with that. Yeah, I know. Morgan, you play much of the Elder Scrolls games or anything, Fallout, any of that? I have never played any Elder Scrolls. Um, I wanted to play Fallout 76. That was kind of going to be my introduction um, to Fallout because I started to hear about it. And um, then it came out and everybody talked about how bad it was. So I just didn't didn't ever play it. Um, yeah, that I was might, a good choice. I might go, go back and... Um, Get one of the first games. Try that out. That would have been a really rough introduction to the Fallout universe. <laughs> right. That's what I figured. Man, there's just ton of Elder Scrolls in the news. I know. We, uh, we have a fabled Starbucks cup making an appearance in Skyrim. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, you'll know what the Starbucks cup is. This just made me laugh. There's not really much to this article. A modder made a mod that puts a Starbucks cup in the... I forgot where they put it. They put it in one of the halls on the table, on a table there. Well, they, they, um, yeah, they, they substituted all the tankards 
Yeah. Uh, with Starbucks cups. Yeah. And that's fantastic. I needed a good laugh today. Uh, <laughs> it's just, this made me laugh almost as much as actually seeing the Starbucks cup on the table in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, this was, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I think, uh, I think any moddable game should have, should definitely have a Starbucks cup that you can place download and and replace all the other cups with. I think that should just be a, a running thing now. Absolutely. Not much to that one. I just thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. It was a good laugh. (laughs) I needed it. So steam link. Jason, have you ever used a Steam Link, that little piece of hardware there? Uh, no, not not hardware. Now, I have streamed uh, some of my Steam games from one computer to another, but I haven't I haven't used Steam Link as as specific hardware. All right. So they same same principle. They had that little box that you could hook up to your TV that would stream that was called the Steam Link, but they also you could also do that from one computer to another. Uh, and last year, they released an app for Android, this time last year, that allows you to use any Android TV or phone or tablet to stream your games to. And it works way better than the dedicated hardware does because your phones are all much more powerful than that thing was by the time that... In last year, you could buy that thing for $5 off of Steam. But it works really well, and it's really cool. And the app, the Apple iStore rejected it because of monetization within the program. And it's been a full year, but the App Store finally accepted it. So now everybody on Apple can stream their Steam games to their Apple TVs or their iPhones or their iPads. And all of you with Apple products should go do this right now because it's awesome. Yay. It works so well. <laughs> oh, have you already used it? I've used it on the Android products for a while, and it's great. I need to go use that. Well, I have an iPhone, so I'll download it and give it a try. There's not a whole lot in my library, though, that is really streamable for a screen that small with a touch interface. So I'll have to... If you pair a Bluetooth controller to it, you you can play with a controller over it as well. Yeah... Do I have a Bluetooth controller that I can pair I with it? I think the PS4 controller will pair to iOS. I'm not really? 100% certain on that, though, because I don't have any Apple products. But I think it will. Are you too good for Apple? Or you just don't have any money? <laughs> not smart <laughs> enough. <laughs> Savage. No, I'm too good for it. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. I'm not too good for Apple. <laughs> a lot of people like Apple. I'm not one of them. You guys don't need to write me any emails about how Apple is better. I understand. You love it. It's fine. You can send those emails to Joe at <laughs> uh, badgamerspodcast at gmail.com. We'll let Crowley read those. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely send your Joe hates Apple hate mail to, to that address. As much of it as possible. And just kind of whatever negative emails you want for Crowley to read through, you can get him there. He'll read them all and he'll be really happy about it. So, can't wait uh, to see that rage demon that comes up. Oh, I know. I can't wait. It'll be fantastic. I'm sure we will hear something about this the day he edits it and cuts all of that out. <laughs> is this what he gets so for under- not being here? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> this is how we handle this every week. Um, so on to Battle Royales. So, Morgan, you want to just like run us through like the main structure of a Battle Royale? What makes it different than just you know Call of Duty regular multiplayer um sure uh so i guess the the main um structure of a battle royale is typically um is it is it a standard that it's a hundred people am i i think i think most of them are yeah i think i couldn't tell you to be sure but i think most of them are i think most of them are yeah so um a hundred players uh either on teams or flying solo drop on a map and um, find weapons and harvest materials for some games. And they fight to the death until there's last the last person standing or the last team standing. And um, the all the players are pushed towards the center of the circle as time goes on by a storm of some sort. What draws you to that over other games? I know you're really, really big into Fortnite and 
what what's what's the standout mechanic there that you think makes makes battle royale so popular you think it's like the the tension from the circle or, or? i think um i think that definitely has something to do with it i think it's just um it's just all very like fast paced and challenging and um with like you know a typical uh well i guess not so much um online games but just a typical game there's challenges and there's um different things that you have to face but it's going to be the same over and over again typically but with a battle royale game you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to be faced with the worst player in the world or, you know, Ninja or Tifu. Um, and Crowley plays battle royales. <laughs> Was that a question? <laughs> no, you said worst player in the world. Oh. So I wasn't aware that Crowley <laughs> okay. played battle royales. Um, you got him to play Apex a couple of times. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, so technically. Okay. But yeah, what was I saying? Um, oh yeah, we were talking about what makes them so popular. I think it's just fast-paced and challenging and and fun. And I sounds like it's a little unpredictable. Unpredictable for sure. And I think for me, at least, one of the main draws is that it's free. Most of them are free, so literally anybody can play that has a computer or an Xbox, etc. So with those games being free, how do they monetize? Well, Fortnite and Apex do it through their um, cosmetics shop. There's no, you know, uh, advantage to buying things. It's purely just style. And I guess um, a lot of kids like to flaunt their skins and such. They make all that money on digital clothes. Yep. (laughs) Right. It's it's still hard for me to believe. I could I never imagine is. spending money on on cosmetics. I've spent so much money on skins. <laughs> I, just don't, I, just, I don't even <laughs> want to get into it. I just don't know. It just I I guess it's the being from a different era. Like I remember the first cosmetic microtransaction I ever heard of was the horse armor for uh was that Skyrim or was it Yeah, I think Obliv- it was Skyrim. I couldn't remember if it was Skyrim or Oblivion, but I remember being like shocked that they would actually expect me to spend my <laughs> allowance money or my hard-earned money on uh, a costume for my horse, right? Like it didn't seem normal. And now everybody does it in every game and games like Fortnite and Apex and I think Fortnite more so at the at the moment mm-hmm. are just making a fortune selling cosmetics. Yeah, that's how they that's how they make their money. I mean, that's the basically the only way that they make their money is technically it's by selling V-Bucks, which is their, uh, you know, money that you use in the shop. And and so I've played a little Apex and I've played, actually I've played a little Fortnite and a little PUBG, very little Fortnite because I do not like the building. But can you like run us through how like the battle pass thing works? I'm not quite certain. I know that I can buy it but I don't know what it does for me. Yeah, the battle pass. um, I know that Apex and does PUBG have a battle pass? I think it does now, yeah. I'm not certain, but I think it does. I don't exactly know how theirs works, but with the Fortnite battle pass, um, you unlock challenges that you can um, complete week to week. And when you complete those, you get battle stars, and every 10 battle stars uh, raises you up a tier. And there's 100 tiers. And there is a prize or um, a reward for each tier, whether it be a new skin or now they have um, pets that you can wear on your back as back bling um, that, kind of, that you can, like, interact with and stuff. Back bling? That's what it's called, back bling. It's okay. like... Um, I mean, it may be like a samurai sword or a backpack or something completely crazy and wild. But yeah, so there's skins, there's um, gliders, there's emotes, um, uh, loading screens, like, you know, screensavers, but within the game. Um, You know, just all different stuff. They also uh, reward you with V-Bucks, too. 
every every few tears they give you a hundred V bucks. And so I th- I believe if I'm not mistaken, you can in Fortnite and in Apex both if you do well enough in the battle pass, you can buy the next battle pass with what you've unlocked. Um, Maybe. I th- I've heard some people say that. Yeah, they say. I think you can. I know. I'm pretty sure you can in Apex. I'm not sure if that's how it works in Fortnite or not. I don't know if they give you quite enough. Um, it's 900 V bucks or either 900 or 950 for the battle pass, and you might get 900 throughout the whole battle pass. Maybe if you like finish it, maybe maybe yeah. you might have to do exceptionally well. I think like around like 95 to 99 is where the last um little handful of V bucks comes from. Is it like a doable challenge? I mean, how, oh, yeah. how, oh yeah. yeah. Like I completed the battle pass, um, for this past season, which is like 10 weeks long. Um, and I really didn't get to play that much cause I was just so busy the month of April. Um, so it took me, uh, about a week to, of grinding, not super hard, but a good bit to get about like 40 tiers maybe. So it's very doable. So you're you're talking about tiers. That sounds like progression. Is that how you progress through the game or through these battle pass tiers? Or is there another progression mechanic? What, what separates somebody like me that has never played a, a battle royale? Um, and if I jump in and I've, I play against people who have played this for, you know, three, four years, I'm just going to, I'm going to die a lot and, and, and really quickly. And that's going to turn me off the game. I'll never <laughs> play again. How do they keep those people from, from turning away? How do they balance that? Is there a progression that they do that with? Yes. And it's a good thing that you brought that up because, um, the way Epic has designed Fortnite or at least, uh, the battle Royale part of the game is that, even if you are the worst player, you will still get a little something. You won't leave the game empty-handed. You'll get XP. Um, even if you die right away, you'll get a little bit of XP. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you gain XP, you move up in levels, and whenever you reach the next level, you'll get say, I think it's like five battle stars. And those battle stars will go towards your battle pass. And every 10 battle stars, you move up a tier and you'll get a reward. Um, So even if you just are the first person to die every single time, eventually you're going to get rewards. And I th- So there's hope for Crowley. So you'll right. still die a lot, Jason. You'll still die a lot. Right, you'll exactly. You'll get um, a little consolation prize but the good thing about this game is that like you will find people that are just as bad as you sometimes um like i'm not the greatest player in the world uh but last night i played and i was at least getting one or two kills each match if not more um which is always feels good to at least get one kill I don't know that I could do that, <laughs> but <laughs> oh no. yes, you could. You can find somebody that's <laughs> uh, find some bottom out, feeders. <laughs> and they're just like running in place. <laughs> that's what I. That's totally what I need. I need to figure out how to like where all the people who's got the worst latency every time. and go after them. Yeah. Uh, so, what do you think it is about Fortnite that makes it the top tier in battle royale right now? And do you think it's safe there? Do you think? Apex or whatever the next one coming has what it takes to take Fortnite down, or is it just going to be the battle royale forever? Um, I definitely don't think that. I think um, I don't think that they're quote unquote safe. Um, I know a lot of people would like to say like, "Oh, it's dying. It's going to be dead in a few weeks or a couple months, and and nobody's ever going to play it again. All the pros are going to quit." I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Fortnite is a great game. I know, like you said, you don't like the building, but there's so many kids out there playing this that are just insanely amazing at it. I'm not. I'm definitely not one of those people. Um, 
but there's still a lot of people playing. Like, I think right now on Twitch, I looked at it a little while ago, it's the top game on Twitch right now. I think there's like 400,000 people watching it. I think that Epic has a lot of things to work on, but if they can realize what their problems are, yeah, I think they can stay on top. They might not always be on top. They'll definitely have, have competition, but it's a very good game. It's very well designed. It's very visually pleasing and it's fun. I think the emotes um, are one thing that sets it apart from everything. It caught people's eye. It's fun. It's funny. You can have a good laugh when you're playing. Um, and then the building was a new aspect for people who like to be challenged by video games um, and like to learn new skills and perfect them. I, th- I, th- I just think that it was um, a game that had never been done before and it will stay on top for, I think it will stay on top for a long, long time, for sure. So do you think Fortnite went straight to the top like it did flying by PUBG while PUBG was having a moment of extreme success because it was the free one while PUBG was 30 bucks? Or do you think it was mostly that the game is more stylized or was it the building or do you think it was a combination of things? What would you attribute Fortnite's meteoric rise to over the other couple of uh, battle royales that were big on the market at the time? Um, Well, free definitely doesn't hurt at all. Um, I think that was how they got a lot of people to play at first I know that's why I started playing. I was like, well, why not? I'll give it a shot because it's free. I'm not losing anything by playing it. Um, But I think it was just, uh, you know, it's just very um, fun and quirky. And, you know, a lot of people at first will tell you that they thought um, the cartoonish look was dumb and uh, for kids or whatever. But then they started playing, and they were like, this game is fun. For me personally, I was drawn to the fact that it was cartoonish. I don't care anything about PUBG, to be honest, because it doesn't really excite me. I've watched some streams, and um, and it's it's all right, especially if the right streamer is playing it. But it's a very different pace. PUBG is, PUBG is yeah, way it, more Yeah, it tense. definitely is. PUBG is way more like... Yes. Almost... almost suspense like yeah it's almost like horror-esque where you just you you end up hiding fearing the monster coming for you kind of all the time so many streams (laughs) of PUBG are a dude with a shotgun hiding in a bathtub waiting (laughs) waiting for whoever's coming for him uh but play the, the little bit I played of PUBG I preferred because I liked the I got like a really intense adrenaline rush playing that game when you'd have a, a shootout and you'd duck into a room and you would just hide and wait and stare at that door <laughs> and wait for any sign of movement because you knew the person was chasing you into that house. And Fortnite feels way more like a... The combat encounters in Fortnite feel way more like they do in a standard shooter to me where it is just face off and shoot. There's a lot less of of the suspense part to me. Um. I think sometimes, yes, that's true. Um, I don't know. I've been in a lot of fights where it's like, you know, okay, I know this person's in this house somewhere. You know, I got to make sure they don't hear me. They don't know where I'm coming from. I got to, you know, I'm ready for them to, like, shoot me in the face with a shotgun at any moment. Um, I, I think... I think there's definitely moments where Fortnite is intense and um, it it's not like, uh, obviously it's not very realistic, but it's still like, oh my God, this person's coming from me for me. I bet it's ninja. Like <laughs> they're going <laughs> to destroy me. You're hiding, when you're hiding, everybody else is ninja for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. For sure. So Jason, you've not done any battle royales, right? I have not. But no. 
I wanted to so, get into Apex, but then other things got in the way. I had other games I needed to play. So Story of life. From what you've heard, what would it take to get you into a battle royale? Like, what do you like? You know, I get into Apex when me and Crowley were playing a little bit, and that never really happened. I guess we could always go back to it. There's, there's still time. It's still there. Right, right. But what's, what, um, what, what do they need to have to draw you in as someone who's not really a big battle royale person besides curiosity? Um, so curiosity does play somewhat of a role. Um, I liked the. I guess what drew me to Apex was it was the new kid on the block and was from uh, Respawn, which uh, did Titanfall, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and it also came from the Titanfall universe. Uh, some of the gameplay that I saw seemed like it was very Titanfall-like, so that compelled me as well. Um, PUBG I was kind of interested in back in the day, not $30 interested, but um, because it wove in or... It, it spawned off of the the survival game kind of genre, which which I also enjoy. Um, I I really enjoy my zombie survival games. So, and and that's kind of where PUBG was was birthed. I don't know um, shooters. Shooters for me are a very social game now. Um, before yeah. I was very into one player shooters or or online, uh, you know playing with randos that uh, I, that I could compete with. But as I've gotten older, um, you know, my, my reflexes are, aren't bad, but they, they've declined a little bit. And so shooters are a little bit more of a, a struggle. They're, they're a little bit more of a, of, a, of a mind exercise for me. So I have to learn maps. I have to learn hot spots. Um, I have to learn a lot of, of strategy and keep up with the meta. And that's just, it takes a lot more time than I, than I have. So, I don't do a lot of multiplayer shooters now. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm 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 compelled, and if I if I had a regular group that that played these, I would probably play it as well. Maybe we could put a group together and try a couple of these out. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, come play Fortnite with me. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Let's come drag you down. <laughs> we'll we'll uh we'll play Team Rumble where you respawn indefinitely. You never die. You never actually die. Have Have you ever played the non battle royale portion of Fortnite? You know, I tried to, um, once because you get V bucks from that. Like you get uh, daily rewards, and um, and you can get like a hundred V bucks here and there. But for some reason, um, I got stuck on one part of the game, and I could never like get out of it i don't know if i was doing something or if the game was just like broken or what but i just gave up i stopped playing it um it got boring because i was just by myself and i'm used to playing it with at least three other people i constantly forget that there's more to that game than the battle royale right i never i just it escapes my mind immediately after talking about it I mean, it's cool, but it's definitely not as cool as Battle Royale. Sounds like it's something that just stuck on for people like me that don't want to play Battle Royale. Well, it actually well, started. It started exactly. as the other oh, part. Okay. Yeah. They added mm-hmm. the Battle Royale. Yeah. Yeah. And the original part just faded into oblivion. Because that costs like 30 bucks or so. That's probably why I've never played it. Yeah. I don't wanna, I'm not going to buy it. For sure. But they do have creative um, creative mode now where you can build whatever you want or you can go to other people's creative maps. And that is pretty big. And that's really changing things. And I think that was a very... I know that that's been done in like Minecraft and other games, but um, that was something... I don't know if y'all have kept up with it. Something that's really been blowing up. A lot of big streamers are creating these death run maps that are just like going viral. Everybody's trying them out. Everybody's making videos about them. So it's a lot of. What fun. is a death run mount or map? Uh, a death run map would be like um, uh, like a kind of like a maze uh with traps that can kill you and prevent you from moving forward um 
there's different levels and you have to figure them out and you have to make it through them without dying to get to the end. Um, there's no reward really. It's just, uh, the reward of a job well done, <laughs> but it sounds fun. like Fortnite Mario. Maker. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. It sounds like Mario maker on nightmare mode. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a lot. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I kind of almost went a little crazy trying to do one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. People also make like free for all maps where you can go with a group of your friends and just have your own little battle royale, um, which can be really, really fun. I've had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and then there's also, uh, what else is there? Like people have recreated different games like um, Portal. Do y'all know that game? No, never yep. heard of it. S- Somebody recreated <laughs> Portal. Um, it was really, really cool. Uh, somebody has, or lots of people have recreated Maze Runner, that game that uh, came out on the iPhone a few years ago, like probably back in like 2009 or so. It does sound a lot like uh, Fortnite Mario Maker, <laughs> but it does sound interesting. It sounds like a way to put a lot of variety into the game without a lot of developer overhead. Right. Is they seem to be, which is brings me to the, like the next point. Actually, they seem to be kind of up against it on development constantly. Uh, they pump out patches every week, really fast, <laughs> and they're actually in a little bit of there's like controversy around that because the, you know the the devs on the teams have been vocal about being in constant crunch and working a million hours all the time to keep up with pace on that. And Apex has come under fire for not updating fast enough to keep up with Fortnite. And Respawn has come out and said that they don't want to press their developers that hard and their people are more important than patches. Do you think a game like Apex or PUBG or whoever's next can can survive in in this battle, so to speak, if they can't put out patches at a similar rate to Fortnite? If if Epic is willing to run that development house at full bore and pump out patches every week like they have been, is there just not going to be enough content out of their competitors to keep up? Um, I don't think that Epic or not Epic Apex and PUBG are in danger. Um, now Fortnite does come out with some really good patches. Like this past one was really good, but. There's been a lot of them lately that people really aren't happy with and that also seem kind of pointless. Um, People are saying to Epic, like big streamers and professional players are saying, you know, why, why worry about these things right now? Like worry about um, what we're actually talking about and um, complaining about like they changed this siphon thing and people absolutely freaked out about it and are still freaking out about it uh, do you are you familiar with what I'm talking about I've seen some drama about the patches but I, I don't know what they've actually changed that people don't like because it's all foreign to me because I don't know how they I don't know the game well enough to to understand the complaints around the end of last year, uh, you you have 200 health, right? 100 uh, normal health and 100 shield when you take potions. Um, so they did this patch where if you kill somebody, you automatically get 50 health or shield. Um, and so that kind of saves you from having like five health no meds and getting caught in the storm as soon as you kill somebody. And also you get 50 of each type of material. So 150 materials, um, when you kill somebody. So that kind of helps you out, uh, especially in the beginning of the game or after you've had a big build battle with somebody. Um, and, they took it away because they thought that it created a negative impact on their community, their gamer community. And people just absolutely had a fit and have been constantly 
berating Epic, saying, like, you need to bring this back, you need to bring this back, this is the worst decision you ever made. Um, They haven't really addressed it, besides uh, before when they said it made a negative impact on gameplay. And so, yeah, uh, they come out with patches all the time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're good or that they're progressing the game and that they're creating a disadvantage for their competition, um, unfortunately, for Epic, because I feel like they could be doing a lot better with some of the patches. Yeah, I think th- I think this, no, this sounds an awful lot like the decision-making processes behind the store as well. Yes. You know, quick, yes. quick, quick decisions without a lot of thinking. And uh, I think, you know, like, like Jason, like you said, they need to change their approach uh, especially on that end, and I, and I think especially if especially if they're making bad decisions and putting out patches that people don't like, kind of, I don't want to say regularly because I'm not super tuned into the community, but I've been hearing about it more, so it's at least more frequent than before. Um, I feel like that's a bad trade off for all the burnout they're getting, and maybe it's because of the burnout they're getting internally with the amount of patches they're putting out, the amount of hours they're working, and the amount of crunch they've been under for so long. Plus the pressure internally of being at the top and not wanting to lose that seat. You know, maybe that has to play in a little bit with with the fast and loose decision making. But I feel like that will be to their detriment if it continues. I feel like their CEO or or just all of the higher ups are just in a constant state of panic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like, you know. That's not a good way. Yeah, to, that's not like, a good way to I mean, envision the CEO. It's true, though. <laughs> I mean, that's. I know a lot of um, younger people. A lot of a, a big portion of their consumer um, base probably doesn't realize this, but when I see all these things that are happening and see all these uh, professional gamers who are just like, you know, sending all this hate and negative feedback to them. I just picture them like running around their office, like throwing papers around, like everything is on fire. (laughs) Um, And, and I hate that for them, but you know, they might need some new, I don't. I don't know too much about the people who actually uh, run the show over there, but they might need some new, uh, yeah, <laughs> some, some new management, some new idea, higher man. up, some new management, something. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a running theme at Epic is. Uh, I think they've got some inexperienced management. Uh, this game sounds like it exploded a lot faster than right. they anticipated. Exactly. Exactly. It, I think that yeah. they're a little in it over their heads, and um, I think people should give them a little bit of a break. Um, this world that we live in now, it's like everything is so now, you know, so right now, and people will yep. just say the most ridiculous stuff like, Fortnite's dead, it's over, it's gone. Like, it's, first of all, it's not gone it's not dead because people are still putting millions of dollars into it um and also it's barely even it's like a year and a half old that's nothing but and i'm already i'm i'm already like tired of hearing about it in the news (laughs) right every Um, week (laughs) i'm tired of people complaining about it it's just a game it's like just put Swing them over dances. <laughs> yeah. and oh, oh, yeah. That always too. always something. Oh, some of those decisions they make are pretty bad. Um, I, I saw a video the other day where it was like comparing the dances with uh, footage of the actual dances, like from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, that's kind of bad. <laughs> I don't know who made those decisions, but it wasn't smart. Well, I mean, it's. It's a dance. It's a it's exactly. a dance move. Exactly. But we live in an age where everybody thinks that they're entitled to everything. To, everybody thinks like, they own everything they ever said. Exactly. Yeah. When the truth is, is like you come up with an idea, I guarantee you, at the very minimum, ten people have already come up with it. 
Even oh, if right, you think right. it's the most original yeah. idea ever. Nothing new under the sun. Not anymore. No, not anymore. No. So, final question. Here's the softball. Battle Royales. Are they here to stay? Are we going to see these in perpetuity and more of them coming for years to come? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I love it. Like, it, this is the first shooter game I've ever played. And... um it's so fun, and it's uh, a very social game, um, and I think that that is probably the main driving force behind it, is like playing with your friends and streaming it online, and and um, yeah, it's just, it's just fun. I don't think it's going anywhere. Jason, you heard it here first. You better get good at battle royales before you know it's all there's going to be. That's it? Just That's battle it. royales? Battle royales. Every game is going to have a battle royale mode. And I mean, I, there is battle royale Tetris now. So Yeah. Oh so it's <laughs> Tetris coming. Tetris 99. Yeah. Oh, you no. cannot get away from it now. All uh, right. I guess I'll have to go smoke cigars with Crowley or something. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse things, I guess. Name one. On that note, Morgan, where can we find you? One more time. Uh, Morgan McFly 23 on Instagram and Morgan McFly pretty much everywhere else. Thanks again for joining us. Everybody go check her out. Go check out Instagram and Twitch. She, she's doing. She's got some great stuff going on over there. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to come be with us on the show with us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I had fun talking about Fortnite and Battle Royale games. It was great having you on. Until next week, I'm Joe. I'm Jason. And that was Morgan. We will see you next week. Bad Gamers Anonymous is not affiliated with any video game developer or publisher. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the host and not of Earglue Media. And they're probably terrible. Executive producer for Bad Gamers Anonymous is James Dean. Get good, scrubs.